Welcome back, everyone, to Your Life, God's Word, where we take the principles found in Scripture and we apply them to our everyday lives, those areas that are most important, faith, family, and community. All right, what's up, guys? Welcome, welcome, welcome back. We are here with the next installment of our deep dive into the book of Proverbs. We're going to be moving on to Proverbs chapter 23, and if you missed the last episode, which was the train up a child episode on um, on child rearing, parenting, all from a scriptural perspective, I highly encourage you go and uh, watch it, listen to it on Spotify or one of the uh, other podcast services, and, um, you know, get, get... get a good dose of what the Bible says about a very important uh, topic. However, I think when I first did the overview in Proverbs chapter 22, I said there was a couple of things I was going to stop and uh, do a deep and even deeper dive on those topics. So I did that with uh, the train of child piece, but there's additional scriptures in chapter 23 that also go along with um, with the other topic. And the topic is really about um, wealth, finances, work ethic, like kind of that sphere. And so I'm going to uh, pause in chapter 23 instead and do a deep dive there. Today, I'm going to do the um, just an overview. Proverbs chapter 23, do a reading, stop and comment um, where uh, like it's appropriate. And then uh, over the next uh, week to maybe three, I, I really don't know. It's a big topic and uh, there, there's just a lot there. And I want to do more justice to, uh, for the topic because I want to also help people just like I, I feel like I did. I hope I did. Um, when it came to the you know raising children, giving you know practical tips, advice, um, you know putting some meat on the uh, I don't want to say theory. I mean the Bible is not just theory; it is principle. But sometimes you have a principle and it's true and it's good and you can even believe it and affirm it. And then it's like okay, but how do I? Oh, I want to I want to change. I want to do things different or better. How? What are some examples? What are some tips? I feel like we did that. And I'm happy to do you know do more of that on uh, you know child rearing and things like that. I gave some book suggestions and all kinds of stuff. Going to do the same thing when it comes to finances, and this is one that I, I'm going to take it even slower. I'm going to do multiple parts because financial education is one of the most neglected things in um, in our, our Western culture today. People know just so little about true you know, financial education, economics. Um, it, I, it's not going to be horribly boring, I hope. But, you know, no, no, they promised me there'd be no math. Um, but I, uh, I really, you know what, well, I, it's needed. It's needed. So you can always just skip and say, hey, you know what, I'm not interested. I'm, I'm good to go. But I, I want to address... Um, just some some baseline things in Scripture. People have misconceptions about finances and what God has to say about them in the Scriptures. And I want to um, I want to address some of the things going on in the current uh, economy 
not just in the West, not just in the States, but really it's a global phenomenon and uh, give people some some encouragement and some help in how to navigate through these troubling and troubled waters. Um, but before we get there, we're going to do Proverbs chapter 23, all right? Proverbs chapter 23, uh, the overview, and uh, that starts now, right now, right here. Um, Proverbs 23 verse 1 says, When you sit down to eat with a ruler, observe carefully what is before you and put a knife to your throat. If you're given to appetite, do not desire his delicacies or, or, or for their deceptive food. So very interesting little portion of scripture here. And I, I think it's, you know, again, be careful when you're in a situation. There's a couple ways to look at this. One, be careful when you're in a situation, you're before a, a ruler, um, you're maybe the low man on the totem pole here. Jesus talks about how when you come into a gathering, right, take the lowest seat. And, um, you know, if, 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 if someone wants to kind of graduate you up higher or move you to a better spot, great. But better that than to take a high position and then they, you know, they say, hey, no, you're actually going to be uh, over there down the hall. Same thing here. Uh, we, we do need to be careful when we're, uh, in a situation where we might be, you know, we, we might be the low man and take that low position. That That's totally fine. But also it says, all right, do not desire his delicacies for they are deceptive food. And so we also have to be careful when someone is uh, pulling us into their circle, you know, kind of flattering us. Um, not Maybe it's not an outright bribe. You know, it's unspoken. It's not, hey, tit for tat, I do this for you and I'm expecting this in return, but it's, it is still sort of a deceptive scenario where I'm going to cozy up to you and give you things and you're, you know, you're eating these fine delicacies. And, you know, then in return, Hey, you know, you need to lay off this, that, or the other. Um, when we are preaching and teaching the word of God, when we are a light to this, uh, dark, evil, sinful, lost world, we need to be careful that we don't get too cozy with people that might be sinners. They, they are not maybe in the kingdom of God. Maybe they're religious, um, but not really kingdom. And so maybe they're searching, they're on that journey, but they're not fully kingdom of God yet. And we need to make sure that we don't get to the point to where if we need to speak truth, if we need to say something that, yeah, it may offend but we do what we're doing it in love. We're trying to reach them. It's not just to try and you know take a poke at them or punch them in the in the jaw with our uh, with truth. We need to be careful that we haven't gotten to the point where we're, we we can't really say it. We can't do it. We're afraid of you know some delicacies being taken from us or some privileges, or they you know oh this is you know I've gotten a little too cozy and too friendly and now I I, I don't really feel comfortable speaking the truth of God's word to someone. So a couple of different ways to look at that there, I think. Uh, verse four, do not toil to acquire wealth. Be discerning enough to desist. When your eyes light on it, it is gone. For suddenly it sprouts wings flying like an eagle toward heaven. Uh, we're going to talk, like I said, a lot about wealth, finances, and all of that, putting it in its proper place and context. Um, so I'm just going to say amen and also stay tuned. 
Uh, verse 6, do not eat the bread of a man who is stingy. Do not desire his delicacies, for he is like one who is inwardly calculating. Uh, eat and drink, he says to you, but his heart is not with you. You will vomit up the morsels that you have eaten and waste your pleasant words. Um, so again, right, this kind of, we're in this theme of, you know, eating the delicacies of certain people. And again, we could look at this kind of metaphorically, the delicacies being not even just, you know, food, but just, you know, maybe flattery or um, we, we delight in being in the presence of people, rubbing shoulders with certain people. Um, in this scenario, right, in this instance, it's talking about someone who is stingy, someone who's, again, they're, they're, they're not really trying to bless you. They're not just like, hey, I just want to, you know, cook up a good meal for you. But right inwardly they're calculating right his heart is not with you getting back to the first part right they're deceptive food so we just need to be cognizant aware of our situation aware when we're putting ourselves out there aware when we're rub when we're rubbing shoulders um, with people with the world uh, just again wise we need to be wise and uh, Jesus was wise he he sat with you know, various different people. Paul was before, you know, very high um, reigning authorities and dignitaries, but he didn't lose, you know, the, uh, the, the, the desire to share the gospel, which does offend and can make people uncomfortable. He wasn't like, well, this guy is the, you know, this is Agrippa. I can't possibly just tell him straight how it is. Um, he, never, he never got that way, and I think we need to make sure that we don't as well. So be careful, um, you know, be wise, even when people are trying to flatter us or flatter you um, or, you know, kind of buy your allegiance, even if it's not spoken, it's sort of a unspoken thing. And uh, certainly if someone is stingy and they're, you know, they're just doing this out of obligation, they don't want to be, again, don't be taking advantage of that because it could come back to bite you. So verse 9 says, Do not speak in the hearing of a fool, for he will despise the good sense of your words. That hopefully that's not what's happening with this entire podcast on, you know, many multiple weeks on the book of Proverbs. <laughs> right? just, this is just going out there into, you know, YouTube slash podcast land, and anybody and everybody can hear it. But listen, over and over the book of Proverbs shows foolish people. They already know. They, they know what's up. They don't need anything. They can't grow. They're not teachable. They don't learn. They don't change. And wise people do. Wise people listen. Wise people consider. Wise people um, evaluate. And where they need to make changes, where they are maybe incorrect on something, they learn and grow and develop and continue in that wisdom. So, again, uh, we need to not be trying to reach a bunch of foolish people, people who show themselves to be just foolish. They're just, you know, maybe they're foolish in the sense that um, their thinking is too childish. Their thinking is just not there. They're not ready to be kingdom minded. They're not ready to buckle down and come out of sin. Maybe they're unrighteous, sinful, and not hungry for a change, hungry for something different. Um, so what do we do? Well, don't speak in the hearing of a fool. He'll despise the good sense of your words. Don't waste a bunch of time trying to train, teach, talk to somebody who's just not going to listen. Um, I actually said this last Sunday, and I've said it multiple times 
in my time here at uh, Breadbreakers, which is my entire time because this is the place God's called me to be. Um, but as a pastor, right, I'll, I'll, I don't consider every person that's there on a Sunday morning like I'm their pastor, <clears throat> even if they come regularly on Sunday morning. That does not necessarily mean, well, I am their pastor. One way to know when someone, um, when someone considers you to be a voice in their life, a shepherd, a pastor, this kind of thing, comes kind of from the words of Jesus, right? He said, my sheep, they, they hear me, they know my voice, right? That just doesn't mean when the, you know, reverberations on their on their eardrum happen, they recognize the voice of the master. No, they're listening, right? Jesus went on to say, uh, if you love me, obey me, uh, do what I say, obey my commands. Um, so when someone considers me, for instance, I'll use me as an example, um, as their pastor, when I'm speaking into their life, they're not looking around, ignoring me. Yes, I hear you, but I'm going to do exactly the opposite. If someone has that kind of pattern, then there's no sense in wasting time on them. Let them learn, let them grow, let them get to the point where they're wise, and they can receive the wisdom of the principles of the kingdom of God. Now, does that mean we can't go, and when I say waste your time, hang out a little bit here and there, maybe you're, you're doing a, uh, an event at the church, or maybe you're just having people over your house for dinner and you know playing some games or something? No, I'm not talking about that. I'm saying don't bother trying to pour into them in a spiritual way, in a, in a teaching setting, because they aren't going to listen. And again, I can be friends with people, and I'm not their shepherd. I can be uh, church buddies with people, and I'm not their pastor, and I think that's a-okay. People don't—it's a two-way street. If I don't want to be on the hook for someone, I don't have to be. And if someone doesn't want me to be their shepherd, they don't have to submit to me. Um, the Bible says, obey them that have the rule over you and submit yourselves. It doesn't tell the leaders to go around making people submit, uh, uh, you know, usurping, uh, or even not just usurping, but trying to go out and projecting their authority. doesn't say to do that. does not say that. It says lead. It says love. It says feed the flock. doesn't say force feed them. It says feed them. And again, I think this scripture very quickly in one verse really captures the essence of that. Don't speak in the hearing of a fool. Why? They'll despise the good sense of your words. Verse 10, do not move an ancient landmark or enter the fields of the fatherless, for their Redeemer is strong and will plead their cause against you. Now, throughout the scriptures, we see that God has a, a, a special place in his heart for those that are truly, truly at a disadvantage. Fatherless, okay? People who uh, don't have that father figure. We just had Father's Day. My message was pretty hard-hitting, um, so I don't recommend going back and watching that Sunday message if you're not in the vein of, like, hearing the Word of God and just hearing it straight and, you know, ready to change and conform to what God wants from, you know, for a man, for a father, for a husband. But I did hit it pretty hard, but I talked about the need of real fathers, men of God, to step up, have a spine, and be what God 
um, needs. But there are those who are fatherless, and God has a heart for them. There are those who are truly widows. Um, that's not somebody who's gone and jumped in and out of marriages with three or four different guys trying to find the right one, right? Air quotes, um, or whatever. But some, you know, someone's husband died tragically or whatever it might be. God has a place in his heart for them and will watch out for them. And so, you know, treat them and help them, uh, treat them with respect, I should say, and, and help them and do what we can. And then, of course, the moving of the landmarks, we've already talked about that as well. Um, the idea of, you know, stealing, um, you know, it, it's, it's just, it's something that God does not tolerate and um, doesn't play around. So, here we go to uh, verse 12. Apply your heart to instruction and your ear to words of knowledge. This goes back to the original, or the not, not well, yeah, the original chapter in Proverbs, all the way through up to the discussion I just had about um, the wise hear and learn and grow and develop, and they're teachable, and the fools do not. And so again, it says, <clears throat> apply your heart to instruction, your ear to words of knowledge. We should apply it. We should lean in. We should seek it out. shouldn't be something that has to slap us in the face, and then finally we do listen. Uh, now, we should listen, but we should also seek it out. We should, we should actually do some work to try and gain knowledge, wisdom, instruction, and the like. Uh, verse 13, do not withhold discipline from a child. If you strike him with a rod, he will not die. If you strike him with the rod, you will save his soul from Sheol. I will just say amen and go back and listen to the very last episode. Verse uh, 15, my son, if your heart is wise, my heart too will be glad. My inmost being will exult when your lips speak what is right. Amen. When when children, you can see the results when uh, when they are learning and growing and you see a reflection of the good you've tried to put into them, the principles of the kingdom of God, it does, I mean, just, oh, you just puff up with like a godly pride, you know, not, not, a, not a bad pride, not a sinful pride, but you're just like, oh man, just, it's a wonderful thing. And I mean that not only for biological children or, you know, uh, physical children, I also mean spiritually when you see someone growing, developing, I have seen so many people over the years, I'm thinking of people right now, they're just like flowing through my brain that a year ago, two years ago, five years ago, they were a totally different person. And today you step back and you go, wow, what a man of God, what a woman of God. Wow. Um, look where they were. And, and, and now they're, they're on track. They're teaching others or look where their family was. Look at the destruction they were leading their kids down. And now they've you know, started implementing godly principles, and they've turned things around. It's a wonderful thing to see, and I think he captures it very well here in these verses. Then verse 17, he can kind of continues on, right? My son, uh, let not your heart envy sinners, but continue in the fear of the Lord all the day. Surely there is a future, and your hope will not be cut off. Now, this gets back to even uh, in the book of Psalms, where... Uh, or David, you know, you know, I, I started looking at 
how the wicked and the sinners were, were prospering, right? And he says, I, uh, my feet almost slipped, right? Until I started what? I came into the house of the Lord. I started thinking about what their end is, what the end result really is. Why? Because, hey, people that are wicked do prosper, quote unquote. They prosper temporarily in this life, right? But this is the only life we live. And so even this temporary life can feel pretty non-temporary, right? <laughs> um, it, it can feel pretty permanent. And when you watch a decade or two decades of, um, you know, people prospering, not giving proper honor to God, not bowing the knee to the Lord Jesus, not committing to him, not surrendering, maybe even caught up in, you know, religious atmosphere that is far less than the kingdom of God, but they prosper, right? They're, they've got wealth, they've got health, they seem fine. It's like, what? I mean, why am I making these sacrifices, trying to live a holy, righteous life? Why am I walking the road of, you know, sanctification? This person over here is playing around, seems to be doing fine. They aren't doing fine. God's wrath is upon them, and just because, uh, as it is for everybody, his wrath is upon me too, right? But for what? But for the fact that I've made Jesus Christ Lord, I am, you know, in the kingdom of God, according to what I've seen in the scriptures, and that's the difference. But make no mistake about it, the end is where it really is going to matter. And so, surely there is a future and your hope will not be cut off. So, <clears throat> continue in the fear of the Lord. Don't envy sinners. Keep the main thing the main thing, and keep your eyes on the long term. Verse 19, Hear, my son, and be wise, and direct your heart in the way. Be not among drunkards or among gluttonous eaters of meat, for the drunkard and the glutton will come to poverty, and slumber will clothe them with rags. I am going to talk more about this when we get into the, um, the you know, wealth, finances, work ethic, all that stuff. And here I'll just say, people who are consumer-driven, right, drunkards, gluttonous eaters of meat, right? It's about pleasure. It's about me. Now, you might be thinking, well, I'm not a glutton. Um, I, I'm not a drunkard. Eh, but are you a drunkard of material things? Um, can you, are you in that boat of what is it, like 75% of Americans or whatever that right now, today, if an emergency happened, you couldn't come up with $400. And I don't mean on a credit card. I mean, a withdrawal, 400 bucks cash, you couldn't do it. I would say that if you if that's the case, at the very least, we should step back and say, May, is this me? Maybe, yeah, I don't drink wine. I don't get drunk. Um, it's not uh, food that is my hang-up, right? The drunkard and the glutton come to poverty. But if I can't come up with 400 bucks... Uh, how do you define poverty? <clears throat> what does that What does that mean? What is a poor person? I would say somebody that can't come up with a couple hundred bucks is at least teetering on the very edge of poverty. And again, I think our mindset in America is so just messed up that we need to get a reset. And that's why I'm going to go through multiple, um, a, a sub-series within a series, <laughs> Uh, multiple podcasts here to try and at least help us to think biblically about these things and give some tips and tricks and and some insights and just a preview here or at least a maybe it's more of a bio 
Um, I've been in accounting and finance for decades. I'm a CPA. I um, have worked for small companies and multi-billion dollar companies. Um, I, I'm also a lifetime learner. And so I do know what I'm talking about. And um, I'm one of those people that I know what I don't know. I'm happy to defer to people that know more than me. But I know quite a bit. I know quite a bit. And I know a whole lot more than the average person. And so, again, I'm pretty qualified to talk on the matter. And I will do so. Um, I will do so. So stay tuned. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know how many shameless plugs I can, uh, I can make in one episode. But we might be getting to the limit. Verse uh, 22. Listen to your father who gave you life, and do not despise your mother when she is old. Oh my goodness, right? We do not, we do not value the wisdom of years, the wisdom of age. We Again, wisdom that comes, I don't mean just somebody's old, therefore they're wise. I mean wisdom that comes through experience. We don't, A lot of times we just don't value it. We see somebody older, we see somebody maybe moving a little slower, we see somebody that's not as... Um, not as adept at uh, technology or something, and we think, man, this person's got nothing to offer. No, that's not really true. That's not really true. And there's a reason the Bible talks about honoring father and mother. There's a reason why God gave parents, and he didn't just give parents until you're 18. You can learn and grow and develop from those who have gone on before you, I don't mean gone on like died, but they've they've been there, they've done that, they've been around for decades before you. There is a lot of accumulated wisdom that, again, in our fast-paced, um, I was born here. I'm, I, you know, up until I was born, you know, nothing happened, but now I'm here. Type of mentality. Nobody would say that, but that is the mentality of lots of people. Lots. Um, of people, I, I'd say, you know, definitely 40 and under, but even some more, but, you know, 20s and 30s, and it's like, you know, hey, we're here, we we know what's up, and all knowledge and wisdom before us is moot, because we're here and we have iPhones. Uh, most ridiculous attitude, it's insane, and our society shows it right now, right? Um, if that were true, we would have the best times right now, we'd be the most in, in, in all of recorded history, these would be the most, the absolute best. Everything would be going absolutely swimmingly. Instead, we see culturally, we are just swirling down the tubes. We see fighting and bickering and war and, um, oh, but we have iPhones. So, no, no, we need to understand there's wisdom. And guess what? Mom and dad probably know a whole lot more than what we give them credit for. Verse 23, buy truth and do not sell it. By wisdom, instruction, and understanding. Again, right, putting perspective on what the important things are. And we've talked ad nauseum about the need for these things. And so we will just leave it there. But Proverbs 20, easy one to remember too. 23, 23. Just mark that, Proverbs 23, 23. Memorize it. Buy the truth, do not sell it, or sell it not, right? And also wisdom, instruction, and understanding. Uh Verse 24, the father of the righteous will greatly rejoice. He who fathers a wise son will be glad in him. Let your father and mother be glad. Let her who bore you rejoice. Refer to my prior comments about how that is the case. Uh, verse 26, my son, give me your heart and let your eyes observe my ways. Now he's getting ready to say some, some serious things. He's like, hey, focus right here. Focus right now. Ready? Verse 27, for a prostitute is a deep pit. An adulteress is a narrow well. 
She lies in wait like a robber and increases the traitors among mankind. Who has woe? Who has sorrow? Who has strife? Who has complaining? Who has wounds without cause? Who has redness of eyes? Those who tarry long over wine. Those who go to try mixed wine. Do not look at wine when it is red, when it sparkles in the cup and goes down smoothly. In the end, it bites like a serpent and stings like an adder. Your eyes will see strange things and your heart utter perverse things. You will be like one who lies down in the midst of the sea, like one who lies on the top of a mast. They struck me, you will say, but I was not hurt. They beat me, but I did not feel it. When shall I awake? I must have another drink. <laughs> so he goes into a couple of things, right? The 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 need for right these these human uh, temporal sinful pleasures, right? The the prostitute kind of I would say representing or showing, you know, the 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 the, the sex drive, the the sensuality that draws people, and then. Wine again, not necessarily like you. You may think alcohol is just gross, you, but but it, there's a greater principle here. One, go listen to the entire episode I did about alcohol and and all that stuff. Just entire episode on it. Give a whole biblical view on it. But right, drunkenness is a sin. But people escape escape reality through drugs, through alcohol, through consumerism. Right through the dopamine hit that, that comes when we get likes on a on a Facebook post, when we uh, when we buy something, we hit that little button and we get the the Amazon smile, yay! It's coming. Um, there there there's a greater principle here that we shouldn't be chasing these things. We should not be chasing the dopamine hit. We should not be um, chasing escapism, consumerism, which just is a form of escapism. We should not be uh, chasing the, the sensuality that is offered in life. Instead, we should be chasing God. We should be chasing his principles. We should be chasing wisdom. And, of course, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. We've already gone over that. So that kind of rounds this out. Uh, no need to take a whole bunch of time. It was a you know kind of a quick overview. And we are going to be diving into some um, some very, very, very... Uh, serious looking at wealth, finances, and the like. So stay tuned for that. <laughs> See, we, I told you we'd be able to get at least one more shameless plug in for that. And um, I have a call out. I have an ask for people that like this uh, like this uh, podcast. You you enjoy the um, maybe you enjoy the the YouTube um, channel. You're watching the videos. I have a very simple ask, action item, one call out, one thing I would like you to do. I'm not going to tell you to do three or four or five different things. I'm going to ask you to do one thing and one thing only, and that is think of one person. Now, if you want to do five people, you want to do ten, fine. Go do as many as you feel like doing, but I want you to think of one person, and I want you to share this with them. If you listen on Spotify share it with them okay if you're watching on youtube share it with them send it via uh, facebook messenger send it in a text send the video in a text um, whatever it is just think of one person just one 
just one. Think right now. Think of that person who might benefit from this, who might hear this, who might like this, who might, again, enjoy this, or really benefit from some of these things. Just one person, and before you get the rest of the day or the evening, whatever you're doing, and that just comes and life just hits you and you forget, just go and share it with that one person. I would greatly appreciate that. And with that said, I love you. God bless you. Hope this has helped. And we will catch you on the next episode.